Congressman, how are you, sir? Great. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that you're back in your district. There's a lot that's been going on in Washington, D.C., so I, I'm glad to be able to talk with you now, especially going into the holidays, because people kind of tune out a little bit during a holiday season, really between now and Christmas. They're going to be in holiday mode. But you guys are working on a lot of frustrating things. Obviously, you guys passed the reconciliation bill, that Build Back Better plan out of the House. It's sitting in the Senate right now. What was the debate looking like on the House floor during that discussion? Because you guys obviously were in the morning, but uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a very good bill. It's a horrible bill. And I have to remember, this piece of legislation is what President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, all said the same thing. This isn't going to cost you a dime, not a penny. It's all paid for. And, you know, the Democrats, uh, some of them were getting kind of scared, so they thought, well, we better get a score from the Congressional Budget Office, meaning what's this thing really going to cost? Well, in the way they also scored this thing, <clears throat> they did not go out the 10 years like they should have. They did it in a very short period of time. But even with that, the Congressional Budget Office is going to add $367 billion to the deficit over the next decade. But when you look at the actual numbers here, we're looking at about a 4.5 trillion dollar bill with a about a 1.5 trillion in new taxes and adding about three trillion dollars to the debt unbelievable good golly what about tax increases on here i mean obviously with that much kind of uh, additional spending going out we're gonna have to find new revenue what kind of tax increases are we looking at here well you're talking about as i mentioned the highest tax increases ever in history and you also might remember it was President Biden saying, oh, don't worry, only the rich are going to pay for this if you uh, make over $400,000 a year. And uh, you know, kind of the next day you heard from the White House, and what the president meant to say was if your family makes $400,000 combined a year, you're going to be paying. But what we're looking at is probably getting into the $50,000 range in a couple of years that people are going to find that uh, they're going to get hit with a uh, – tax increases. And that's on top of the, you know, massive inflationary numbers that we're seeing in the, you know, over 31 years, the highest inflation that this president has brought down on the American people. And then, you know, so what they also want to do is they're going to say, well, we're going to put $80 billion in this for the IRS. So hire 87,000 new agents so they can go snoop on all the Americans out there to see what you're buying and selling and doing whatever with your checking account that they know what you're doing. I mean, this is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, this takes financial tyranny to an entirely new level. Now, I know they've gotten rid of the the part of the bill where they were going to monitor transactions of $600 or more uh, coming out of the in or out of your account, digital transactions, cash transactions. That is gone, but they did replace it with something somewhat similar, didn't they? Well, what they're, what they're talking about doing is they say, well, what we don't want that $600 because that, that, you know, everyone, what? So, well, we're going to make it for the rich people. It's at $10,000. Well, I was talking to one of my friends who's on the Financial Services Committee, and uh, I said, what should we be telling the American people? He said, tell the American people this. It's an aggregate. So let's just say you're getting Social Security, and you get X, you know, $807 a month and add it up over the period of over a year, that hits $10,000. They can snoop. Wow. So this is what, these, what, what they're trying to get into law. And uh, this is absolutely unbelievable, un-American. They took out the protections for the height amendment, meaning that taxpayer uh, funding cannot be used for abortions. They're leaving that out. So, yes, you will be paying for abortions in this country, granting mass amnesty to millions of people that came here illegally. 
And uh, also, you know, it's taking out the work requirements for people that receive welfare benefits, able-bodied people. And so, you know, this is when we have almost 11 million job openings in this company, in this country. And, you know, what we're saying is just stay home and we'll just keep paying you. Yeah, we'll just keep taking care of you with these social programs that are being expanded, by the way, too, with this. I mean, aren't we uh, aren't we seeing a massive expansion on Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid? I mean, the, the oh. CHIP program. I mean, all of these programs, this is by far one of the biggest socialist takeover bills that we've seen in this country. Well, it, it certainly is, because, you know, even Joe Manchin, you know, uh, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty interesting when Republicans in the House are rooting for a Democrat, you know, and they're in the Senate. To hope this guy holds his line on this stuff, because when you look at the uh, uh, the o- overall cost, because even Manchin said that we don't have the money to pay for the programs we already have, and so how do you add 4.5 trillion dollars more into it? Creates 150 new government programs, and uh, just keeps you know raising taxes on small businesses, as I mentioned, and giving tax breaks. Believe it or not, to millionaires. <laughs> Billionaires. So it's like, and at the same time, what we're going to do, we're going to increase our dependency on OPEC, Russia, and China for our domestic energy and rare earth minerals out there. I mean, when you look at this, it's just like, how an American can a piece of legislation, and you should have seen the Democrats that night on, or that morning on the floor, all just clapping and applauding and yeah. thinking what a great job they've done, but what have they wrought on the American people? Well, they don't care. They got their money. They got their special interests paid for, and they're pretty content to go into the next election cycle on that one. We're talking with Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. Uh, speaking of energy and the oil, we saw the announcement just a couple of days ago that President Biden was going to release 50 million barrels of oil into the system to try and lower those gas prices. Uh, Congressman, uh, at least from what I've seen, we use anywhere between 18 to 20 million barrels a day, so he's relieving the market for a day and a half. I mean, I guess that's going to save the market from high prices, right? Well, and again, this is all ploy. This is, he, you know, he has totally failed the American people on energy policy. Uh, when he killed the Keystone XL pipeline, that's 840,000 barrels that would come into this country every day from our good friends in Canada. In a pipeline, that's all we have to get. We have an 80,000 person shortage right now of truck drivers. And, uh, you know, then they turn around. They uh, He uh, takes the sanctions off the Nord Stream 2, which is the Russian uh, natural gas line coming into Europe. And the Europeans want to buy American gas, especially from Central and Eastern Europe. They don't want Russian because the Russians can cut them off. And uh, then recently, we have what we call Line 5, which comes in from Canada through the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and then through Michigan down to Ohio and also into Ontario. It brings in 540,000 barrels of oil a day. The Democrat governor of Michigan wants to shut off Line 5, which would be over $5 billion in economic help out there that we get from this line. That, uh, but all the, And I sent a letter to the president, which I led that the uh, president uh, were saying, look, you can't be doing this. And so they've backed off somewhat, uh, uh, siding with Michigan on this thing. But, uh, you know, going back to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a reserve for an emergency. Not because of ineptus that this 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 uh, government run by the president, or if you can even say he's running it, yeah. has caused on us. It's because, again, that's supposed to be in the ground. We have a true national emergency. 
And this is just something that he's caused by killing all of these smaller companies out there that want to get out there and produce uh, oil and natural gas. Well, what's sad about it is that, I mean, we have the ability to lower gas prices ourselves. We were energy independent under the Trump administration. For the first time in years, we were our energy independence. We were able to drill. We were able to do our thing. Now, when we ask about it, they blow it off as if that, that, that's not even a possibility. Like, well, OPEC's not giving us any more oil. And, uh, you know, the other countries aren't shipping anymore over to us. So we just have to deal with it. And we're going to relieve it by releasing these emergency funds, uh, so to speak. Like, it doesn't even cross their minds that we could be doing this on our own and get back to the gas prices we saw just a year and a half ago. Well, and again, uh, you know, we worked on it as Republicans. We had an all-above energy strategy that we started back in 2008. We weren't going to pick winners and losers out there. You know, everything from oil, natural gas, clean coal, nuclear, hydro, and then all the different types of alternatives out there. But we want to make sure that we keep this country moving, and we can't move if we don't have energy. And, you know, we're coming into winter right now. We're going to see prices. And I just met with oil, um, oil, and, or, pardon me, uh, propane and natural gas companies uh, around uh, the region here in Ohio, and we're, we're looking at probably a 54% increase in propane and 45% in natural gas. Well, we were seeing those prices going down under the Republicans. And, uh, but I tell you, we're in for, a, you know, we're under uh, 350 days to the next election. And some people, you know, are trying to wish their life away to get there. But we've got to stop this. And the American people have just got to tell this administration and the Democrats enough of it is enough. And we saw that happen in Virginia. What happened out over there it was just a crushing defeat. For the Democrats, um, because they just they, they said uh, all of their policies uh, from from the schools and what they're trying to do in the state, they said that's we've had it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to ask you about that as well. What is concerning for a lot of individuals that we've heard reports that we could see our natural gas and electric bills go up near 50 to 100 percent this wintertime, which is going to be extremely expensive for a lot of individuals just trying to survive if we have another extreme cold front come through. But with all of these policies, whether it's the COVID-19 mandates that I want to get to in a second as well, the public school debate, the energy debate, the, uh, the, the just the financial tyranny debate, is that, do you think that was the reflection of what happened with the with the election a few weeks ago in Virginia? And is that a little teaser of what's to come in the midterm elections next year with a Republican wave? Well, for, first of all, uh, when you look at what happened in Virginia, that's even before these new poll numbers came out that Biden is at 36 percent. And it's unheard of that the vice president's lower than the president. She's at 28 <laughs> percent. This is a woman that laughs about going not going to the you know to the southern border to see what's going on down there and uh, so you know I think that when you saw what happened in Virginia it really the best thing to look at is what happened on those people that had education as their top priority education Youngkin was behind uh, well over a month before the campaign by 33 percent of those people and by election day, he won them by 9%. That's a 42% turnaround right there. And uh, so I think that, you know, when, you know, the liberals and the socialists, and that's what they are, trying to, you know, run everybody's lives and telling parents that they have no no right for, uh, to be involved in their kids' education. You know, our, our, our daughters are out of school uh, now and, and for the last several years. But it's just like, if somebody had told me, I couldn't go to a school board meeting without having the FBI maybe there to 
put me down as a terrorist or something like that. But what's happened to free speech in this country? And I think that people are really starting to see the true colors of who these people are. Yeah, they're exposing themselves and they're not trying to hide it anymore. And I think that's working in our favor. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. So I guess let them keep doing it because they're going to only harm themselves in the end. And we're going to stop their policy agendas. Let's shift gears a little bit to COVID-19 and, and the uh, vaccine mandates. Obviously, OSHA had came out with their policy that they wanted all businesses with 100 employees or more vaccinated by the beginning of the year. The Fifth Circuit Court has blocked that now. And OSHA has finally come out and said that they're not going to be trying to expand their agency or enforcement of this until the court case is done. Do you think it's going to fall to the wayside? Because from the people that I talk to, this is probably one of the most important issues to them is their own health freedom to make their own health choices on whether to get vaccinated or not. And if uh, I heard a story that we could see potentially 5% of the entire workforce walk away if these things actually took effect, which would nearly shut down the economy. Well, you know, first and foremost, when you have an economy out there that we have about a little over 8 million people, quote unquote, unemployed, and we have over over uh, 10.5 to maybe 10.6 million job openings, that means that if you don't like what's going on, you can, there's so many job openings out there, you can move to a, com- to a company or an employment that's less than 100 that doesn't have a mandate. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, again, this administration doesn't even think. And we can see that every day what's happening. They don't think these things through. Just like people say, I don't like it. And if you look what's happened with the workforce. We've had some of the highest turnover of people leaving their jobs and going someplace else. Because if I can get a job someplace else and make more money. Yep. That, you know, that's called the American way. And, but, but when you look at the, with our healthcare workers, it's very frightening that if all of a sudden these people who were, we heralded as heroes last year, and then, you know, the Democrats vilifying them now or, you know, uh, saying that uh, they've got to be vaccinated. And if they say not, they get this is where it's up to the individual to talk to your health care pro- professional, what you ought to be doing. That's a federal government. And I've got legislation that says this. The health and human services can't go forward with their policy of saying that uh, people have to be vaccinated. If they, they can't prove that we're going to have people uh, not uh, staying in the healthcare field, uh, because what are we going to do? I had in my home county was one of our uh, which we, in Ohio we have county nursing homes along with with uh, private nursing homes. But I got it contacted by our county commissioners who are in charge of the nursing home, saying that they could have over thirty percent of the healthcare providers at the nursing home leave. Now, what are we going to do about all those residents out there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've heard the same thing from all over the country, di- these different states. I mean, the nursing homes are going to be the biggest hit because they're stuck between the rock and the hard place. They don't enforce the vaccine mandates. They don't get funding from Medicare and Medicaid, which is going to drive up the prices for a lot of those elderly individuals. They do enforce it and half their workforce walks out and they have to shut down from lack of actual workers. So they can't win either way with this type of protocol coming from the federal government. No. And uh, again, this 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 is what we're seeing of truly Big Brother. This is you know this is Big Brother coming in, and you know I, I I've, I've encouraged people. Uh, I remember reading uh, in high school uh, the book called Animal Farm, and uh, you know all, all, all uh, animals are equal, but pigs are more equal than other animals. And uh, but it's a short book. I highly encourage people to read it. It's only about ninety eight pages long. 
and and not too not a few years ago, I reread it again, and uh, it's just it's a real social commentary out there that we have to preserve our freedoms. Yeah, and uh, you know I, you know when you're people are out there thinking, okay, we're 350 days away from the next election. To think of all the damage they can do in the next 350 days, and then into lame duck, because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer already know they're gonna they're in trouble and uh, they're gonna lose control of the House and the Senate. I don't want people to think, oh, it's a done deal right now. We all have our work to do. But uh, they're going to, uh, they don't care what they do right now. They're going to get this stuff passed. And these crazy Democrats that uh, are in swing districts right now that Donald Trump won, they might as well start uh, thinking about cleaning out their desk drawers because they're gone. I completely agree. Last question before we let you go. It's Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. But now that some of the big news is done, at least on your side, unless the Senate tweaks things and sends it back over to you guys, but with that reconciliation bill, now that that's kind of off of your guys' desk in the House, what is next? What is on the agenda? And what are you guys looking forward to working on, on the, over the next month or so? Well, you know, one thing is uh, there's the continuing resolution funding the government's going to run out. Uh, so you got that issue. you got the debt ceiling. Uh, issue that the Democrats are going to they're going to have to grapple with. I can't think of too many Republicans going to going out to support help them on either of these things after this massive spending. And then the, the other big issue is, is the National Defense Authorization Act, and that's how we you know make sure that we fund our military to protect us. And you know we've seen the Chinese now have surpassed the United States in the number of ships. And uh, so uh, that's that's something that's got to come back from the from the Senate. Uh, so we can get a national defense authorization done to make sure that our men and women are the best equipped, best trained, ready to fight, protect us 24-7, best people on earth, that we got to remember them and uh, give them a pay raise and make sure that they don't have to, younger soldiers don't have to rely on food stamps to survive. So we got, we got to work to, to, to do, but uh, some of this, is, again, is self-inflicted by the Democrats, but what we're going to be looking at toward the end of the year. Yeah, what's really sad about all of this is that we just rammed through the Build Back Better plan, which is a massive overhaul spending package on social programs, but yet we still have to haggle to try and just get proper benefits and proper compensation for our military to take care of us on the national security front. That, to me, yeah. shows the priority of the Democrats. No, and, uh, you know, I know people sometimes ask me, say, uh, you know, how come when you have primaries on the Republican side, the kind of contention? I say, well, I think there's a difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans look for the best people out there that can govern. Democrats don't care about the governing. It's just about power. Once you have the power, you can do anything you want. Yeah. And, and you're not listening to the American people. You're not listening to the people that put you there. And that's what's happening. Again, that's the wake-up call that has got the Democrats panicked at what happened in Virginia. And let's look at New Jersey. How close, we, you know, when you have the Senate president up there defeated by a guy that uh, <laughs> probably at the very end only spent $10,000 on his election to defeat the Senate president, yep. and you had a, a nail-biter on election night for their governor, it's just like, folks, if you don't think something's coming, it's it's uh, if you don't recognize the uh, that light at the end of the tunnel, that is a freight train coming right at you. Yeah, people are waking up and the pendulum swinging back the other way, realizing we've gone too far on the progressive end of the deal. And I know you guys have a lot of battles ahead of you. I give you kudos and all the props in the world to be able to do that. And we, we love you and support you for everything you guys are doing. Thank you for that. Until then, sit back and enjoy a little bit of the holidays with Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Congressman. It's always great to talk well, to you. Thank you very much. We appreciate Happy Thanksgiving. It. you as well. We'll talk again here real soon. Have a great day. Thank you.